0: Welcome to Equipus Church, Denise. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. So good. Well, my name is Desiree. If I haven't met you, um, hello. I'm married to Will. We pastor the church here. We've got three amazing children, and um, I love to run, and I love coffee, and I love talking with my friends. Some good facts about me. <laughs> um, I also love autumn. Is autumn anybody else's favorite season? Yes! It's the colours, and like I don't even think the leaves look messy. You know, like they're just everywhere, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's so great. Um, I love the change, I love it all in the natural. Um, Every year in May, I run a half marathon in Wanaka. So it's central Otago in autumn. Even better! It's just orange and yellow and red and gold and all of those kind of colors everywhere um, that you're running and it kind of takes away from the fact that you're running for a very long time and you're just running and the beauty and sometimes I've even taken photos while I'm running. (laughs) So good, I love, love autumn. Um, In my experience though, I think that autumn in the spirit is a little bit harder than autumn in the natural. You know, you feel a little bit stripped of your leaves (laughs) You're no longer flowering, producing fruit. There's this sort of dropping off of some things. And you're not quite in winter yet when replanting happens. You're kind of in that in-between. And I think, in my personal experience, autumn in the spirit is tricky. It can be a little bit hard to navigate. Sometimes the wheels fall off. <laughs> They've fallen off in my own life in autumn in the spirit. And um, that's what I really want to talk about this morning is kind of doing autumn well and the title of my message is autumn rain and um, I've got a personal testimony for you um, just to set the scene this morning to really nail what I'm actually trying to say because you know a few of you are looking at me like huh (laughs) so autumn in the natural doesn't always coincide with autumn in the spirit you can be going through an autumn in the spirit in summer You can be going through an autumn in the spirit and spring, Um, but it really means that there is a letting go of the old before you can step into the new. That's the place that I'm talking about. That's the place, and I want us to find the gold and the red and the yellow colors of that season in the spirit. Um, So we, Willie and I, um, when we were young and full of adventure, we're still full of adventure. um, We're not so young, but... We lived in London, we moved to the UK, we did our um, you know, OE, um, as everyone calls it, and uh, we lived there for five years, and we had a really wonderful time. Met some amazing people, went to a really great church, had a wonderful experience travelling the world, and um, it was wonderful. And we heard the call at the end of about five years um, to come back to New Zealand um, and to move into full-time ministry. And Will needed to go to Bible college um, to do some further training. So we moved to Auckland for a season. It was about a six-month season that we lived in Auckland. And at this stage, I was um, about nine months pregnant with our first child. And um, so we left everything that we knew over in London. We came back to New Zealand. So we gave up careers and friends and homes and community and church. And we moved to a city in New Zealand that we've never lived in before and um, didn't know many people. And uh, we had this crazy six months season where we'd let go of everything. We weren't quite into our new positions yet, our new places. We knew we were gonna be moving to Marston, the Wairarapa in the North Island, but we were kind of in this holding pattern, this holding season in Auckland. And I remember sort of stumbling through that season, tripping up, falling over, not finding my ground, not settling. My feet weren't settled. And um, one day I, I passed um, the new baby over to, to um, Will and and I got in the car for a little bit of a, um, a drive and just to change my scenery and, and have a look at some things. And um, I got in the car and Will had been listening to some podcasts, some sermons. And um, so it just picked up exactly where he had left off. And um, the, the first words that I heard, turn the car on, and am putting it, you know, into drive and sitting there, and it just says, you are in autumn. <sighs> and I was like, what are you talking about, Jesus? And so I went on this journey of unpacking what it means to be in autumn in the spirit. And, and God really said to me in that moment in time, hey, everything that you have known and the way that you have lived and the, the experiences that you've had up until this point have all been great, but they're not going to serve you in this next season, So I need you to learn how to let go of some of the old so that you can step into the new things that I have for you. There are new ways for you to live, new ways for you to lead, new ways for you to love. And you need to let go of some of the old before you can step into the new. And to be okay with the middle part. To be okay with transition. To be okay in autumn where the stripping off of my leaves was happening but I wasn't yet in a flourishing and flowering season. Does that kind of make sense? So that's what I'm talking about today. Autumn and the Spirit. I'm going to declare today that this season and the Spirit will bring incredible blessing to your world. There is blessing and there is promise on the other side of this autumn. And we're going to step into it today. We're going to unpack some stuff. I've got a key scripture for us. And it's quite a short scripture, which I thought you'd all be pleased about. Psalm 84, just two verses, verses five and six. But I'm going to read it in three translations, because there are lots of words that I want us to pick out of this passage of scripture this morning. So let's have a look. We're going to read from the New Living Translation first. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. And now let's read it in the message translation. And how blessed all those in whom you live, whose lives become roads you travel. They wind through lonesome valleys, come upon brooks, discover cool springs and pools, bring them with rain. And now from the Passion Translation. How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord? Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others only find pain. He gives to them a brook of blessing, filled from the rain of an outpouring. So I've just got three points for us today. Autumn rain, highways of holiness, and let's walk through the weeping. So um, autumn rain... There are several references to autumn rain in the Bible, and um, depending on the translation that you read, sometimes it's called early rain, sometimes it's called the former rains, sometimes it's called autumn rain. And you know that it's very important, because in Bible times, farming, agriculture was the big deal. So you really paid attention to when the rain was going to (laughs) come, because the rain determined when you were going to plant and when you were going to harvest, and the rain broke the drought of summer. So the autumn rains were really, really important for their livelihood, for the way that they did all of their everyday life. They needed the rain to break the drought of summer so they could plant the seeds so there would be a harvest at the right time. And just as rain refreshes dry soil in the natural, the rain of the Holy Spirit wants to refresh our spirits this morning. The presence of God can bring us refreshing pools of life, of freedom, refreshing, renewing, restoring. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to break the drought in your life and bring rain of his presence, rain of his love, rain of his breakthrough. And the key to experiences experiencing that kind of autumn rain which comes at the end of that passage that I just read is to go back for those two verses. I want to walk in, I want to swim in, <laughs> I want to be bathed in autumn rain. So what does that mean? I need to get right before that happens. And I think there's two keys to experiencing the reign of God's spirit <clears throat> and they're found in the f- previous verses, verses five and six that we read before. And that leads me to point number two. Let our lives become highways of holiness. So Psalm 84, verse 5 in the Passion. How enriched are though are they who find their strength in the Lord. Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. And if I read that passage of scripture in the NLT version like I did at the beginning, it talks about setting your minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Yeah. This verse says to me, the Desiree paraphrase of that scripture <laughs> says, hey, Desiree, travel to worship. The pilgrimage to Jerusalem was a traveling to worship. It was an important part of their religious festivals in Bible times that you would put everything down and you would pilgrimage to Jerusalem where you worshipped. We no longer have to physically go somewhere to worship, <laughs> but we have to go somewhere to worship. <laughs> We have to remember to journey our way to worship on the inside. Have you traveled to worship this week? Have you set aside some time to travel to worship? To know him, to love him, to allow him to love you, to be undone in his presence, to rid yourself of a bit of your flesh for a moment and engage in the spirit to unclutter your mind and unclutter your heart and spend a moment with the creator of the universe, to be forever changed by the love of God where nothing looks the same. It's kind of technicolor now. My world has been transformed by the presence of God to not settle for half a relationship, but to go all the way, full relationship, all in. Nothing else matters. Time in your presence, Jesus. You know, there's a, um, another psalm that I ponder when I'm reminding myself to travel to worship. And um, it's found in Psalm 27, one of my favorites. And there's just, it's repeated twice in verse 4 and verse 8. And I'm going to read from the Amplified One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek, inquire for, and require, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life, to behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord, and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. Skip down to verse 8. You have said, seek my face, inquire for, require my presence as your vital need. And my heart says to you, your face, your presence, Lord, I will seek. I will inquire for, and I will require. You know, that autumn season that I found myself in in Auckland, I remember vividly this, this scripture coming alive to me. From the, from the New Living Translation, it says, My heart has heard you say, come talk with me, Lord. And my heart responds, here I am. That's what it means to have this highway of holiness running through our lives we've heard the Lord say, hey, come meet with me. Come have breakfast. And we say, here I am, Lord. Let's have a conversation. Don't overcomplicate your highway of holiness. God's saying, come meet with me. The only response is, here I am. (laughs) Here I am. Let's have a conversation. Dwell in the presence of the Lord. The one thing I need. The one thing I require. Seek his face. Um, Probably the most well-known scripture about strengthening ourselves in the Lord. When I say that word to you, I'm sure that something comes to mind that you've heard somewhere, that you've experienced, that you might have read in the Bible yourself. And it's found in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And it just says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And I'll give you a little bit of context to this scripture because it's not sunshine and roses. (laughs) I feel like maybe he was in a small autumn when he wrote this or when we read about this. The context for this scripture is that David was sick of being chased by Saul. He's kind of sick of fighting. And so he's decided in his heart to align his army with the enemy against Saul. So... (laughs) David and all of his men and all of their families, they're living in this city or this place called Ziklag. And the fighting men leave the women and the children and everything else behind. And they go off to try and join the enemy, the Philistines, to try and join their army and fight with them against Saul. But the enemy's not having a bar of it. They're like, no, you're not going to join us. (laughs) You're not going to fight. You're not part of us. And that was a three-day journey from home. So then they had to head on back. What's really important, and what I found quite refreshing about this passage of scripture when I read, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, is that this was backslidden David. This was not even walking with God, David. This is David trying to join the enemy, and he strengthens himself in the Lord. <laughs> So there is hope for all of us. (laughs) There is hope for us all. Wherever you find yourself in your current relationship with God, you can in a moment strengthen yourself in the presence of God. You don't need to be all your ducks in a row. Where are the ducks? You just need to be before God saying, here I am, God. Strengthen me in you. So in this context, this is where we read that David strengthened himself in the Lord. They get back to the camp. And they find that actually, in their absence, the enemy has taken all of their women, their children, their their livestock, everything, taken them all captive. And all of the men were very angry with David. (laughs) And they talked about killing him, ending things, moving on. And it's in that kind of space that we read that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Maybe he reminded himself of God's love, all the times he's seen that in his world so far. Maybe he reminded himself of the calling, the experiences he's had up until that point, the miracles that he's seen God do. Maybe he reminded himself of all of those times where he has been delivered out of the enemy's hands. Maybe those were the, those were the things that he was ruminating on, thinking on as he strengthened himself in the Lord. And we read in 1 Samuel 30, 7 to 8, David says to the priest, bring me the ephod here. And the priest brings the ephod. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, pursue, for you will surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. So in this time, David strengthens himself and the Lord has a moment, takes a breath, asks what he should do next. And God says, go get get your stuff back. Go get the things back, you will recover everything. So that David and his army did this, they went, they attacked, and they got everything back. Nothing was lost. They recovered all. And three days later, David was crowned King of Israel. Doesn't it always seem darkest before dawn? Doesn't it always seem bleakest before the breakthrough? Doesn't it always seem hardest just when you're on the edge of God coming through with this miracle? I want this story, this encounter, this moment to breathe some fresh resilience into your spirit this morning, that you can come before God in whatever state you find yourself currently and you can strengthen yourself there. You can allow his presence to breathe fresh resolve, fresh grit into you this morning. Isaiah 40 verse 31, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. If you feel like you've come to the end of yourself today, go to God. David strengthened himself in the Lord, and they recovered all. Maybe when you feel like you've come to the end of yourself, it's right where you're meant to be. (laughs) Because then we see the miracle of God. Then we see the provision of God. Then we see the healing of God in that place. Humble yourself before God, and he will lift you up on wings like eagles, pouring his strength, pouring his passion, pouring his presence, into your heart. Don't forget to worship. Travel to worship. Let your life become this highway of holiness where you strengthen yourself in the Lord and you travel to worship. And then thirdly, let's walk through the weeping. Psalm 84 verse 6, when they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. I'm here to tell you today that you'll make it to the other side. That autumn will pass and you will find yourself in the next season. And sometimes there's weeping and sometimes there's crying and sometimes it's hard. But keep walking. Let's walk through the weeping. Let's come out the other side. You're on transition. You're on the way. But you're not there yet. Um, Transition is like driving around a slowly turning bend. How much further is it ever going to end? You can't see where you're going. You don't, you don't really want to turn back because it's super dangerous on the bend. You just kind of got to keep going. You will make it. You will get to the end. And there are three kind of stages of transition. And it starts with an End. So when you're in transition, there's an end, there's a middle, neutral territory, and then there's the new beginning. And you know, in your mind this morning, as we walk through, I'm going to give you some, some pointers on these three parts of transition. Um, could you think about that children's book, The Hungry Little Caterpillar? Yeah. I saw someone try and make a cake of that this week. Yeah. <laughs> didn't work so well. We've all got those though, right? But... Hungry little caterpillar eats its way through a whole lot of great stuff, has its final meal, and then has to spend some time in a chrysalis, in a cocoon, before it can bust out the other side into all that that next season has to offer. So keep that in your mind this morning, hungry little caterpillar. The first part of transition is an ending, which I find so infuriating because everything within me in the logical one, two, three, four, five step of life should be that you start somewhere and then you end. But this is endings first. Transition means that something has finished and you're about to step into something new. And there needs to be some stripping off and there needs to be some leaving behind and there needs to be some letting go. Because imagine if the caterpillar tried to take all of that food into the chrysalis with him. Imagine if you tried to carry all of your stuff that has served you well in a previous season into your next season. There's no room to pick up the new stuff that God has on the other side of the cocoon for you. So there has to be a letting go. There has to be a leaving behind. There has to be a stripping away like the leaves of autumn. Let the color go. Let the beauty fall. And sometimes at the end of things, there is some disappointment, eh? And there is some pain. And maybe it didn't quite work out exactly how you wanted, or it didn't look exactly like you thought it would. And suddenly we get quite confused when things are ending. But I thought it was so good. What's happening, God? And God's like, hey, just hold on. Hold on. Slowly around the bend. I'll show you what I've got in store. But there needs to be a letting go. And then we hit neutral zone. So you're in the middle. You can't go back now. (laughs) And you're not quite where you need to be. And you just, this is deep in transition. This is deep in autumn. This is very disorientating. You've kind of lost a lot of identity in this time. And you're just kind of, whoa, I'm not quite sure. And the key in the neutral zone is to hold on. <laughs> yeah. Do not lose the plot in the middle. <laughs> Do not throw everything out in the middle. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. You will make it through. The rain is coming. The pool of refreshing is coming. Do not let go in the middle. We've got to allow God to do that deep work in the neutral zone where the leaves have been stripped off, the good stuff is gone. We're kind of in a bleak period of no leaves, no fruit, no flowers, no food. We're not into flourishing yet, we're in autumn. And this is where God can do some refining, some molding, some shaping, some things that can take place when we're not having to give out and flourish and fruit for other people. This is a season that God can do some inner work, some character stuff, some shaping for the next season. Interpret it correctly. Don't see it as loss and lack and nothingness. See it as like a season of secrecy. (laughs) between you and God, where he is building some stuff back up. He's revealing some new truth to you. He's about to launch you into the next season that he has for you, but he needs you to have this moment. He needs you to have this time. If you're in the neutral zone right now, can I encourage you to find one word from God right now? This week, let God speak something. Let revelation come to your heart in the season that you find yourself in. For me, it was as simple as getting in the car, turning it on, and hearing, you are in autumn. Okay, now I can make sense of this season, God. I didn't understand why I had to let some good stuff go before I can step into some other stuff. And God's like, you are in autumn. Let me do what I need to do in this space. One word is all you need in the neutral zone. You are in autumn. Four words, all you need. (laughs) It was all I needed in the neutral zone. And then the final stage of transition is that we step into new beginnings. If we make it through (laughs) deep transition, deep autumn, deep neutral zone, if we make it through with our mind, our body, and our soul intact, we will launch into new beginnings. I love new beginnings. I love, at the beginning of the new year, new wall planner, new calendar, (laughs) new diary, whatever it might be. I love new beginnings. I like fresh, I like new, I like exploring new things. The world is your oyster in a new beginning. And it's here that we get to experience fresh vision, fresh ideas. We get to flap our wings a little bit. Imagine if we tried to flap our wings when we're still in the cocoon. Or imagine if we're trying to bust our way out too soon. I want my wings to be dry and strong, not unformed and still in transition. Think about that the next time you're trying to push your way through the season of awkward, (laughs) the season of autumn next time you're trying to manifest it yourself or make it happen yourself, hey, my wings aren't fully formed yet. I can't fly. I need to take a minute. I need to allow God to do what he needs to do in this season. Maybe there's still going to be some anxiety, some apprehension, some uncertainty, because it's new. That's okay. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means we have to settle and live with those feelings of a little bit of unsure, a little bit of uncertainty. Hopefully, it'll be not long and you're flapping. <laughs> Hopefully, you can rise above the anxiety and the uncertainty and the pain of that new beginning. I've got a couple of tricks for you that I've learned from my own life. Um, some, some from the times when I've managed to walk well through the weeping and sometimes when I have not. (laughs) So here's some strategies, some things that I have learnt. So you know, take them, don't reinvent the wheel. Okay, these are some things that I've learnt that actually make a difference when I find myself in the middle of transition in autumn. Something that is really important is that you need to let some of the familiar remain. So for example, in my world, when everything got topsy-turvy, I stopped running. And for me, running is time out. Running is my sanity. Running makes me a nicer person. (laughs) And in season of autumn, one time I stopped running for two years. And it took such a big push to get me back to that place of what is good for me and makes me feel better. So leave some of the familiar things in your life. Maybe for you, it's not running. Maybe it's a regular coffee with a friend. Maybe it's a walk on the beach. Maybe it's, I don't know what. (laughs) Those were my best options. But um, for me, it was running. Um, And another trick, another strategy, another something that we need to be aware of is beware of the temptation to make it happen on your own. Allow God to do the forming, the shaping, the moving, the shaking. Allow him to do the propelling out of your season. Be kind to yourself in transition. When you shed your old skin... Before you step into your new skin, you're a bit exposed. There's a bit of vulnerability, there's a bit of rawness. Be kind to yourself there. Don't beat yourself up in that season. Sleep, eat, rest, exercise. Be kind to yourself. Um, I remember crying out to a friend um, when I felt like I was in a, a large season of transition and I was on the phone and, you know, very upset. <laughs> And um, she just said to me, hey, Desiree, right now, go do something nice for yourself. What is it that makes you feel better? And I said, I'll go for a walk on the beach with a friend, a local friend here. And she said, okay, you go do that while I warfare on your behalf. Be kind to yourself in transition and reach out to someone who may not be in transition right now (laughs) and say, hey, while I take a moment, hungry little caterpillar over here, While I take a moment to shed some stuff, to spend some time in the cocoon, the autumn of change, would you warfare for me? Would you go to battle for me? Would you cover me in your prayers? And then my last strategy is just to talk to someone that you trust. Have a friend on speed dial, pay someone if you need to. Just call someone, talk to someone that you trust, get another perspective. Get someone who cares for you saying, that sounds hard right now. I will pray for you. (laughs) Find a friend. Phone a friend. They'll remind you of who you are and where you are going. They'll call out your destiny when you don't feel like you can see it yet. Phone a friend. You know, I pondered um, Psalm 84. It's been food for my soul in this current natural season of autumn. God has been speaking to me personally from Psalm 84, and I'm holding on to some stuff. I've got some areas of weeping in my own life that I am yet to see refreshing pools in, and I am waiting. I'm waiting with bated breath. I'm, I'm holding on. I'm standing firm. I'm holding my ground in this season of change. And as I pondered verses, these verses from Psalm 84, God reminded me of Joel 2. And I'm not going to read it now because um, it's deep and powerful and... Incredibly personal, but you can read it for yourself this week and let some revelation speak to you. You know, as you go through your valley of weeping and it becomes a refreshing spring in your life, Joel 2 reminded me come back to God, change your heart, not your clothes, and you will experience the autumn rains of blessing. God will restore to you what the locusts have stolen, and you will find yourself again. He will pour out the Holy Spirit upon you. That's that passage of Scripture that we, you know, people are going to dream dreams again. There's going to be prophecies and visions. But it starts with come back to God. Change your heart, not your clothes. He will restore to you what the locusts have stolen and pour out the Holy Spirit upon your life. That's the promise for you in this autumn. Worship team, come on up. We're going to finish in a moment. Um, I'm going to give everyone a moment of reflection and, and time with God. Um, I want us to apply these scriptures to our personal lives. Like I never want you just to, to hear something that doesn't bring some change and transformation to your Monday, to your Tuesday, to your Wednesday, for how you actually find Jesus on a daily basis. And um, if you're stuck in transition somewhere, if you're experiencing a autumn in the spirit, The cry of my heart is that you'll find a highway of holiness and you'll walk through your weeping into that place of blessing where the pool is refreshing and deep with the presence of God. I was sharing this scripture because it has truly been um, revelation for me in the last few weeks. I was sharing it with a friend we were having a chat, and um, and I was sharing it with her, and and she was like, "Wow!" And it really personalised. It came. It became really real for her. She'd had an, a tough time at work. Um, she'd received some criticism from a colleague about some work that she had done, and she was really hurt and disappointed and um, unsure of the way forward. There'd been a stripping off of some of her confidence in that moment, and um, and she took a second, and she is mature enough to go, oh, I need to seek an opinion. <laughs> I need to go and talk to somebody else. And so she actually went to her manager and she said, hey, I've received this criticism about this piece of work that I've done. And what do you think? How can I improve so this doesn't happen again? Or are there things that I can do differently? Or or just what do you think about this piece of work? And and it ended up they went on this journey um, of, of restoration and this place of hard weeping had become this valley and this pool of blessing for her as her manager said hey I've watched you journey this piece of criticism this hard time in your work and now I'd like to ask you to come and be part of this task force that can create some different ways of doing that very thing so what was really hard and hurtful and disappointing for her became a promotion (laughs) in the workplace as she allowed the feelings of autumn awkwardness settle and she acknowledged pain and hurt and disappointment and it was received in a way that just then propelled her into a whole nother season what a turnaround day god of the breakthrough (laughs) the very thing that was hard and hurtful became blessing and refreshing on the other side What would autumn rain look like in your life right now? Where do you need a pool of refreshing water? Where do you need the rain to break a summer drought? Where do you need the rain to soften the territory of your heart? Where do you need autumn rain to remind you that you'll make it through transition? You'll make it through this season where the old is gone and the new has not yet come. Where do you need the presence of God to minister to you? Personalise it. He is big enough for all of us. (laughs) There is nothing that he cannot do. His arm has not lost its power. He is the creator of all, the restorer of our hearts, loves us all fiercely, uniquely, incredibly, unconditionally. Where do you need that rain in your life? What are you hoping for? What feels like it's been stolen from you? What would blessing look like for you right now? Maybe it's in your marriage, your relationship. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's with your time, your energy, some friendships. Where do you need to get back into hope this morning? Can you get back to the place where your life becomes a road that God travels a highway of holiness where his presence saturates the ground of your life i want to just read psalm 84 verses 1 to 12 from the passion translation for us and then we're going to just have a moment you know how life gets really full sometimes and we forget to worship I'm going to have a moment we're just going to let God minister. We're going to let the rain of his presence fall. And it's personal. Don't worry about the person next to you or the person in front of you or the person behind you. Take a breath this morning. Let the presence of God refresh and revive and renew and restore. Let the presence of God say, hold on, you'll make it through. Your wings are almost dry going to teach you to flap soon. (laughs) Let him refresh you this morning. I'm going to read this psalm and then if we can just stand to our feet and the team are going to lead us in a small tag. Take what you need. Worship how you want to this morning. Take what you need. Worship how you want to worship. Respond how you want to respond this morning. Invite God into that place. God of heaven's armies, you find so much beauty in your people. They're like lovely sanctuaries of your presence. Deep within me are these lovesick longings, these desires and daydreams of living in union with you. When I'm near you, my heart and my soul will sing and worship with my joyful songs of you, my true source and spring of life. O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God, Even the sparrows and the swallows are welcome to build a nest among your altars to raise their young. What pleasure fills those who live every day in your temple, enjoying you as they worship in your presence in the Lord. How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord. Within their hearts are highways of holiness. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled with the rain of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. And the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. Hear my cry, O God of heaven's armies. God of Jacob, listen to my loving prayer. Pause in his presence. God, your wraparound presence is our defense. In your kindness, look upon the faces of your anointed ones. For just one day of intimacy with you is like a thousand days of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in front of the gate, beautiful, ready to go in and worship my God, than to live my life without you in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. For the Lord God is brighter than the brilliance of sunshine wrapping himself around me like a shield he is so generous with his gifts of grace and glory those who walk along his paths with integrity will never lack one thing they need for he provides it all O lord of heaven's armies what euphoria fills those who forever trust in you Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at this Church in We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipterschurch.com.